I thought maybe we could talk about, um, and it's another one of, of Craig's topics that he brought up relative to the um, JFK assassination. Oh, now, you told I know me about you that, yeah. 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 yeah, keep reminding me how old I am. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, yeah. but <laughs> we can talk a little bit about defining moments. And like I said to you, um, Leslie wants to do this whole thing about what I call transforming moments. And she has a story that she picked up from NPR. And I can try and recount that, even though I won't do a, a terribly good job of it. I can try to recount that because she's trying to inspire people to submit essays about moments in their lives that made them better people or yeah. made them more empathic or made a difference in their lives. And it seems to me we talked about that before. Well, as but far I as, can't as, far as exactly. specific, like historic moments, that was our very first episode because, and you mentioned that right. in your email to me, that was near nine 11. But, um, did we talk about personal ones? I don't think that we did so much beyond that episode. I mean, okay. we've talked a lot so about it. Would be, so it would be safe to be a little repetitive then. Yeah. If yeah. we, it, that's not a problem. Okay. No, I don't, I don't think so. So anyway, can, that's what I thought we could talk about and we'll ramble from there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> easily. <laughs> We're good at that. Um, well, I got, uh, I was just thinking about that is I, I thought about it when you first told me about Leslie's, um, wanting to do the essays for the expression and I'm sitting, okay, so what is one moment? And I'm like, wow, this is going to sound arrogant. And I don't mean it that way, but it's a truth. Take it as me being grateful by saying it this way. I've had such a cool life that I can't just pick one and say, I was a better person that th the next day. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many things that, you know, I can pick that, you know, either make me grateful or, or, you know, make me a better person. Or one of the things I'll never forget. And, and we did talk about this guy, Jerry Davis was a major league umpire and crew chief. And, um, during the off season, those guys would go around giving speeches at like umpire association banquets and shit. And mm -hmm. they would record it and then release the tape, the, the audio tape, you know, for other life. This was like the beginning of life coaching. Uh, when you get, you know, tapes like this. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And, uh, he said, we can learn by watching anybody do anything. You don't have to find somebody that does something that you like to learn from it. You can find something that you don't like and say, I don't want to do that, or that's not right. going to work for me. Right. And that was a huge, and, and you know, I, I took that, you know, through the rest of my life. And then speaking of baseball, the other one that stands out was my first year in minor league baseball, like players umpires have a slump. You have a, a, a rough time in a season or a career where things just aren't going the way you know they can go. And <clears throat> one of the things we do as a home plate umpire is you stand out watching the pitcher warm up. And as each pitch crosses the plate, 
you call it in your mind. Was that outside? Was that high? Was it a strike? So you get used to seeing that. You develop the muscle memory and, and, and tweak the muscle memory so that when you get behind the plate, you know, you're going to do better. <clears throat> I was in Front Royal, Virginia, and uh, doing just that, standing on the third baseline. And I looked over my right shoulder, and at the end of the bleachers was this kid sitting in a wheelchair having no idea that I sucked that night. Just enjoying a baseball game with his dad. And I go, wow, I'm sitting here moping about sucking in a baseball game nobody's ever going to remember. In a career that's probably never going to go anywhere. And I was right about that. And that kid would kill to be standing here in my shoes. And that then, took my breath away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my life's not so bad. And he was, that was where we come on and off the field that, that where this kid was sitting. So, um, uh, I, I forget. I I walked past him on the way out and he said he, he or his dad, I, I think his dad said something like good game or thanks for coming tonight or something like that. And I said, no, thank you. Thanks for coming. And I gave the kid a baseball, which yes. you can actually get fired for. Where umpires are not supposed to give. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the players throw baseballs in the stands all the time. Yeah. And it's, I think that's, I don't know. I, I guess it's got something then, and maybe today it's changed, but back then that was, no, that was a no no for minor league umpires was to give away a baseball. Um, especially publicly, uh, because I think the biggest thing is you're impartial and they presume that everybody in the stands is from that home team. And now you're trying to buy favoritism, you know, with the home team, the home team fans, whatever, I don't know, but I didn't give a shit. You know, if I'm, if my career is really not going to go anywhere anyway, who cares? Fire me, do me the favor. Hmm. Of having Um, to make the decision on your own, huh? Oh, I made the decision on my own when I was in umpire school. And that, that could be another moment. I saw some of the instructors who were minor league umpires in minor league baseball for 10 years and still in the lower levels of minor league baseball. And I'm like, dude, you're not going to make it. Figure it out. And that's the thing about A-type personalities is that they they hold on. They can't just let go. You know, how many, uh, not not a good week to talk about, m- mention this, but how many veterans do you know that retire from the military but still have a high and tight haircut? Right. Now, me saying that is I'm not at all ungrateful for their service. But you've done so much to include keeping your hair like that. Let it go for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And some of these people just, and that's the reason that they can't let it go. And these guys in, in you know, 10 years in the minors, I'm, I'm like, you're not going to make it. And in that moment, I decided that if I felt that way about my career, not that I was having, you know, a bad, I was in a slump. But if I could see that this is just not going to get me to Major League Baseball, I was going to leave at year two or three instead of year 10 or 13. Well, what 
and I know you've talked about this before, but just for our listeners, you, I mean, you moved from sports to enforcement. Mm. How is that? How did that happen? It was just another calling in eighth grade. Um, between eighth and ninth grade, uh, I went to camp cadet at, uh, Oh, I forget what the camp was. Um, the, the camp it's on five sixty two in Earl township, just before Ole or Exeter township. Um, it was, it was an Indian name then right off the Manitoni. That's, that's Shikalemi. Yes. Yes. And that's where camp cadet was. Wow. And, uh, yeah. um, yeah. I went to that and it was basically like a week long police academy for kids. And one of the presenters were two agents from the secret service. And they passed around counterfeit currency and counterfeit credit cards. And, you know, some of it was really good. Some of it you wouldn't use to play Monopoly. It, it sucked. And then they put a state trooper at the podium like he was the president. And they put another state trooper in the crowd of us kids with a water pistol. And when that state, when that state trooper drew the water pistol, the two agents who were on stage right and stage left reacted like they would with a real gun on a president. Wow. And uh, I said, that's what I want to do. No kidding. That was it. Yeah. And when if wow. if JD or Amy were to come to me and say, hey, you know, we want to get into federal law enforcement, what do you think? What should we do? I would tell them to apply for every single federal law enforcement job you can get just for purposes of getting your security clearance. And then once you got the federal job, go to the actual agency that you want to work at. That's not what I did. I applied <laughs> to the secret service and that was it. That was it. And Cause that's, that's, I wanted to do the protection. Wow. And I would guess that calling in you, to protect led you to adopt Zach. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've said that too, actually, is that, uh, wow, that's good. Um, I, I've always wanted to start a family. Uh, even after I, you know, came to the realization that I'm gay and, you know, remembered that day in health class. Um, uh, and with my age, I, grew less as I grew older each year I grew less and less interested in biologically having a child uh just because I've seen kids my own age growing up whose parents were considerably older and as a result you know they couldn't you know relate to each other they couldn't coach right. the little league football team or hockey team or baseball whatever um right. my parents are 20 years older than I am I'm the oldest and they're 20 years older than I am. And dad coached our little league. Mom was the, 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 what are they called? Team mother, uh, brought the yeah. orange slices and kept scoring, whatever. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, adopting was a way for me to not only, you know, start the family, but kind of sort of stay in touch with the law enforcement community 
and, and Zach has said this, that I've saved him, that by getting him out of uh, one system, the foster system, yeah, and keeping okay. him out of another one, the criminal justice system, that's my continued contribution to the law enforcement community. That's one less arrest they're going to have to make. Huh. So enough about me. So the, enough about me. Your what? turn. Do you have any moments like that? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I was trying to think about moments like that. And like you said, there are many along the way. One of them I talked about in a previous in a previous episode when I talked about um, the young man who mm. for whom I brought books. Yeah. Because okay. Yep. Because yeah, like he was not yeah, he was not loving life. And so I brought him books to inspire him. Okay. And that in 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 with the incident in my teaching where I had to come up with this, I believe, and that, that moment or those moments with that young man taught me that what I have is knowledge or, or experiences that come from reading or from literature or from other people's lives to share with others in order to inspire them. Now, think about that. I mean, yeah. my podcast is Be Inspired. Yeah. I, and I, so it I say that about your back. podcast too. Yours is something that society needs. because, And that's why I wanted David. I mean, we kind of learned that David's not an everyday person. You know, he's one of the founders of Earthlink. And, and, uh, right. Um, he's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. But um, he is an inspirational person. And, you know, especially with what he's doing now with his podcast. But what I love about yours is that you just take everyday normal people and bring out the coolest shit. Yeah. Isn't that the way we're going to bridge the divide? Yeah. Among people is the more you know about somebody, the more you like them. And that I guess that's I guess that's that's important to me. And OK, so that triggered as it were a, a, um, a revelation right this second yeah i loved teaching the kids oh i could tell that, that. Were known back in the day as generals you know who tried to give teachers a hard time <laughs> and i remember, i loved they were my favorite they were my favorite because if i could get them Interested? I mean, that was a stretch. Do you think that's but if why I could not to hate me, not to hate me because I was a teacher, I figured I really won. And there, there's a young girl who, um, her name was Heather, and she'd come in and she was determined to get on my nerves. I mean, she would say things. I'm, I'm in the middle of presenting something, and she, and she raised her hand. Can I go to the bathroom? I mean, in the middle of you know, you interrupt, you know, but that's what she was about. Okay. Anyway, so what I ended up doing was, of course, the unexpected. And I didn't get 
annoyed with her. I didn't get angry with her, but I ended up calling her sweetie pie. And it irked her so much <laughs> that I was so nice to her. <laughs> and she became my favorite. Okay. And that was not what she was determined to do in that class, if you understand. Anyway, she and I still, whenever I see her in town, I mean, she is still sweetie pie and she knows it. And we have that joke between us because it was just lovely. I can remember um, as part of my teaching, as part of my teaching, I had to, uh, what do you say? Um, chaperone, chaperone the prom. Okay. Oh yeah. And I like, I like to do that. And I was always most happy to see my general students. And they were most happy to see me at see me at the prom because they were all dressed up, they were all fancy, you know. And you know the honors kids, kids like you. I mean, you expect that you'll look nice and that you'll behave well. <laughs> but these kids were so happy to be at the prom, and I was so happy to see them all dressed up and made such a fuss about them. It was just, that was just fun. And I can remember my, I used to get, this was in my early career. I used to get very frustrated with these kinds of kids. And when my husband said to me, you know, you really should, you're not good with these kids. You really should, you know, ask to be the teacher of the gifted and, you know, the accelerated kids and so forth. And it pissed me off. I took it as a challenge. Good. Yeah. Oh, so you don't think I'm any good with it? Well, let me just show you. <laughs> and so right. they became my favorite. He recognized that, you know, that that maybe that he challenged. When, I don't know that he recognized that he challenged me, but he did. And then when you've um, seen the, probably on the other end. Go ahead. Uh, sorry. Go when ahead. you've seen Heather, you, you said you've seen Heather uh, in throughout, you know, Boyertown yes. or wherever. Does yes. she had, had she ever admitted to trying to push your buttons, or oh, is that just you no. speaking as your experience? You that just was, know it because it was it, obvious. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust me. <laughs> One, yeah. It, there's no secret about it. Yeah, and her, you know, I've had other students like that, and I wasn't terribly good with them, you know. But it was when I uh, students like her. You know, uh, I realized that I have a, I had evolved a little bit, you know, that I had found something because she was very bright. Um, but I had, again, found something in her that I really, really loved. And that, I mean, as you just said, that's what I do on Be Inspired. You know, yeah. I want to bring out this, the, the gold of these uh, of, of people, all people, because everybody's got something in them. And then on the other end of the spectrum, which I was just going to say, when I did, um, when we debuted the first Bear Fever Bears, the first collection, 35 Bear Fever Bears, and um, a news reporter from the Boyertown Times came to school to interview me, and I had my students who worked the hardest, some of them, not all of them, but some of them who had worked the hardest with me on the project. I had them come in for that interview with the reporter. And Ross, listening to them, when the reporter said, "What have? how have you benefited from being part of this project? And they went on 
at length about everything that they had learned from doing from doing this project with me. I mean, I can remember sitting there listening to them and thinking, "Okay, I can die now." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, nice. I've done enough. Yeah, you know, because what they said was that they believed in themselves so much that they could do anything that they put their mind to. Here's that po toxic positivity again, huh? Yeah. But their experience taught them that they didn't need to be, and that's huge with me, that they didn't need to be afraid to fail, that they they didn't need to be afraid to try, because. Bear fever, as my critics said at the time, you know, well, what if this happens and what if that happens? And, you know, and my response was always, I don't know, I've never done this before, but I'll figure it out when I get there. Yeah, exactly. And they learned that. They learned that if they went to somebody and asked them to sponsor a bear and the person said no, it was okay. They'd go to the next person and maybe the next person would say yes. But like I said, what they, what they learned you know, beyond the communication skills, beyond the networking, beyond all the writing and speaking and all that kind of stuff was that they believed in themselves that they could figure out what they needed to do and then go ahead and give it a shot and learn if they weren't successful the first time around that they could, you know, adjust, be yeah. flexible, figure it out again, seek help, you know. And like I said, I can remember sitting there thinking, okay, now I can die. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's... The other moment for me, and this is real personal, the other transforming moment for me was with my own children. You know, when I had to realize that I needed, you know, no matter who else in my life, no matter who else in my life was telling me you should do this. and gave me a choice between if you support them, I can't support you. And having to say to myself, it is they, my children, who need me more. The adults who were giving me uh, other, other information or other choices, I couldn't listen to them. I had to listen to my children because they needed me more than these adults needed me. Yeah. So I was willing to let go of all the adults in my life in order to be there for my kids. Who would give you? So you don't like need to details of that, but that was a very that was a very heavy. Also, uh, my husband. Oh, shout out to Paul. <laughs> yeah. Well, I sh I shut him off. I should have shut down my phone. I just had an alarm go off on mine too that I didn't think we'd hit. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it, it really serendipitous that that phone call happened at this moment. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that, who would make an? I mean, I get. I have an idea. The family issue that may have caused that sure. dynamic. No, yeah. But who would give an ultimatum like that? It never spoken. Yeah. Never, just unspoken. Yeah. You know, you're not being the best mother, okay? And again, not spoken. Yeah. Not spoken. Well, yeah. But as opposed to relying on somebody else's advice, and that's the only way I can express it to you, as opposed to relying on somebody else's advice about what to do 
I had to rely on Jane. Yeah. Uh, hold that, on a second. I, Ross, that that was that was new for me. Wow. That was new for me. That was new for me because I've always been a good girl. Okay. I always did what I was told. Always did follow people's advice. Always followed the rules. And in that particular moment, I didn't. So there you go. I got it here. It's just uh, I'm scrolling through. <clears throat> here it is. Okay. Have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. Yep. Steve Jobs. No kidding. Oh, we're back to Steve. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that was a moment for me. And I, yeah, uh, that's. I, but knowing what I know about what I suppose and what I think you kind of confirmed, I, the the surrounding issue was. How is that even an option? You know, what other option do you have? You heard of tough love. You've yeah. heard of tough love. That's my okay. anger porn. I don't have anger porn. I don't yeah. just get angry, but I tell you what you need to hear. Moms for Liberty yeah. is a hate group. The end. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, tough love says at this particular point, this is what you do. You turn off everything. Yeah. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. Well, but, so. but tough love says that you mean like the family as well? No, mm -mm. just the support. Oh, 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 okay. You, I know you've been there. Yeah. Yeah, I have an ex that went through that and is actually a counselor now. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, but what I wanted to talk about, one of the things uh, from just to switch the topic a little bit, um, one of the one of the essays our friend Craig shared with me is he said, isn't it, I wonder what, uh, let me go backwards. He shared an essay with me recalling because John F. Kennedy's assassination date, anniversary date is coming up, November yeah. the 22nd. Yeah. You know, and of course, while you're too young, I remember where I was. I was, I was, it was after school, one fifteen or so after school when the announcement came over the PA system and I was getting ready for basketball practice. Um, that's where I was. Okay. So lots of folks my age remember where they were then. Of course, you and I talked about lots of folks today, our yeah. age and older and younger, remember where they were on 9-11. Right. Okay. But one of the things Craig asked or in his essay was, what about our grandkids? Or what about kids today who weren't born yet 9-11? What will be their moment, I wonder, he said. And it was interesting because um, I had a conversation recently with someone and we determined that COVID you know, I judge a lot of time and events right now when I'm trying to think, when did that happen? Was it before COVID or after COVID? 
that has become a mark, a yeah. historic mark, uh-huh. you know? And um, so yeah, for me, it has become a historic mark along Absolutely. with JFK's assassination, along with, you know, 9-11, just as December 7th was for my parents. So yeah, you have some thoughts on that? Well, I mean, COVID's got to be a mark because it's something that happens every hundred years. And hundred years ago on the dot almost was the Spanish flu. Yeah. Nineteen oh two. Yep. Um are that was it eighteen? I thought it was nineteen. I could be wrong. No, 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 I mean nineteen eighteen. Oh right, right. Okay. I think it was in like the World War One. You're right. You're right. Like right before the Roaring Twenties. But anyway, right. roughly Anyway. Roughly a hundred years ago. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so yeah, that's got to be a mark. Um, I think you know nine um, eleven. I I gotta wonder. I I just did an episode last night for up the middle. Some people call Trump an anomaly. Some say no, he's not. You know, when I say people, I mean like political scientists. Mm-hmm. Um. I think the bigger concern is when they say he's not an anomaly. That means the possibility of others like him following Ron DeSantis, um, Vivek Ramaswamy, you know, people who want the notoriety and the control more than they want to help the Ramaswamy wants to up the voting age, but still send 18 year olds to the military. Do you not want to get elected? Because you're not going to get the Gen Z people. Um, well, it, it, I think, yeah. So uh, you know, the Donald Trump era. He may be banking. He may be banking on the fact that Gen Z Gen Z people aren't going to vote anyway. Oh, he needs to listen <laughs> to the liberal side. That's who. That's who all the. That's who all the liberal podcasters are. I know, but. Get them out of their seats for the school board election. Yeah. Did we? It's not a no. local thing. No, I, I think the reason so. for that is there's technology has brought so many people their ten minutes of fame so fast. Something you know, like I do a I do a video on TikTok promoting Yerg's radio and up the middle and whatever. And it gets a couple hundred views and that's it. Somebody does a video on TikTok putting a uh, breath mint into a bottle of soda and explodes and it's got thousands of views. I learned that back when Dave Fisherowski taught us not to do that. (laughs) Or John Carr. And... You know, so the, the the younger podcasters are talking about Joe Biden. They're not talking about Brad Updegrove because they want that national attention. Right. And, but yeah, I, well, we'll yeah, he's, I, I just think this Trump era. Well, Hopefully. let's see. Um, One of the things in teaching British literature back in the day was to recall 
those moments in history that were transforming. You know, the printing press, what the birth of Christ, transforming, right? Yeah. The printing press, transforming. And I used to ask the kids, what do we got today? You know, and there were considerations about, well, it was the invention of the computer, but that really wasn't it. It wasn't the invention of the computer so much as the internet. Yeah. So, okay. So in time, Trump comes along. It's an, it's time for another, yeah, transforming person. Did we talk about um, oh, a bunch of... A bunch of, uh, I don't know what generation exactly they were, but they were given a rotary telephone and were told to order a pizza. Oh, yeah. And they didn't know how to dial the phone. They didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. 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 So, and cursive writing. So. Yeah, that's not even being taught at all. I know. That's really scary. So. Well, I mean, how are you going to sign anyway, your name? How, pardon me? How are you going to sign your name? I Well, we're doing DocuSign, right? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to write our names anymore. We're doing DocuSign. And our initials will do just fine in those we can print. So. Aye. Right? Here I am talking about the old Times days. Times are changing. Times are changing. Yeah, really. So what else you got? Anything positive you think that may be coming along that will become a historic moment? We've talked about some negative ones, right? JFK, 9-11, COVID, Trump, anything positive you think? Well, I think the Internet's up? definitely one of them. Um, you know, it, it has made lives easier uh, and, and, and I think better. You know, I was able to homeschool Zach much more easily with the Internet than if I would have had to spend thousands of dollars on books that he's not going to read. Right. Um, right. Uh, healthcare. And I don't mean like Obamacare. I mean like actual medicine, modern medicine. Mm -hmm. We're taking a heart out of a person and putting it into another one. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, I mean, think about what brain surgery really is on a very basic level. It is one brain, the brain of the surgeon, fixing itself. Mm -hmm. What else can do that besides finally AI? Well, now there's a whole other topic. Yeah, oh yeah. What concerns you? about AI. This wasn't supposed to get out, but it did. Uh, the military did a drill with AI um, programmed drones. And the mission of the drone was to attack this building after having received the permission from a human pilot that was flying with them. The drones in flight figured out that they would not be able to accomplish their mission without that permission. 
so they shot down the human. Get out. Yeah. And it's a drill, so it was it was all simulation, so it wasn't nobody actually died, thank God. They right. figured out that hey, maybe no. we should do this in a video store first. <laughs> but yeah, that wasn't supposed to get out. And and I, I saw that on like one of the uh, UFO things or whatever, I don't know. When that one of the shows that plays on my smart TV. Very good. Well, where are we on this episode? We're a little bit better than the last one, but we're on we're, we're we could be ready. <laughs> well, I would like to encourage our listeners. How's that? If yeah. they have moments, moments like Yergs and I shared today, uh, if you have moments after which your lives were different, maybe better, maybe just different. We'd love to hear about Absolutely. your transforming moment. What do you think? Okay. Absolutely. And if so they already you, have let our... Teacher, let the teacher do an assignment, huh? Yep. If they already have our regular contact info, you know, like Craig, you know, messages you directly, that's fine. But they can also send any moments like that to news, N-E-W-S, at yergs, Y-E-R-G-Z, dot com. And I will collate them there and uh, forward them to Jane and we'll share. And we will talk about you on the radio and the internet and the, I'm not, we're not on the radio. Where am I? Where are we? We're on podcasting. Podcasting. <laughs> it all blends together. Very good. Well, I'm Jane Stahl. And I'm Yergs. And this is Both Sides Now. See you next time. See you again. Mm-hmm.